0: My life, try not to frown Don't let this world turn you around You're not alone and when you cry Virtually, I'll be by your side Hello, happy, happy day
1: Oh, happy day Hey, happy day
0: Alika Hopin' Change is on the way
1: We are here to
0: stay When change walks his clothes when he walked not washed denver. <laughs> welcome to a new episode of alika hope and change i'm alika hope and my brother emil over here i was trying to get him to say walk to denver because where are you right now emil <laughs>
1: Denver, Colorado. I am in the uh, the high Rocky Mountains. I am here in the Mile High. I am uh, here to visit with a conference and do some work to improve my community, which includes people of the Air Force variety, as well as people of the African-American variety, as well as people of the veteran variety, as well as people of the Air Force Academy graduate variety. We're a very diverse group. men With women, a lot of
0: varieties. <laughs>
1: Right. And we're here to yes. uh, organize ourselves into a better community force for good. <laughs> Sounds so cheesy.
0: <laughs> wow. No, when you were talking about varieties, all I could think about was wine. I don't even drink wine. I was like, you know how people talk about wine? They're like, we have this variety and this variety. T'all. They're talking about the grapes. And I was that's anyway, it made me think of wine that I don't drink. But whatever. It's all good. Oh uh, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. You know, I'm not a wine drinker either. I know. Beer, home, however, a different story.
0: Oh wait a second! Since when did you like beer? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, news flash: my brother suddenly—well, maybe not suddenly—I don't know where I was living on planet ten. What, you like beer?
1: Yes, you've been on—you've been on the beer roof for a while. And, okay. and here's here's how this worked. This is what had happened was.
0: Yes, what had happened was. Yes.
1: What had happened was about 2010. I I said, you know what? I I'm. I'm going through a very difficult patch in my life, and I need something that's a controlled sort of vice, right? Mm -hmm. So if you don't control your vices, your vices will control you. So Mm -hmm. if you say, I deliberately intend to do something that's a little naughty but not terrible, then you can, like, have fun with it and explore. So my vice was prior to 2010. I was a teetotaler.
0: Right. I remember that. You didn't drink anything.
1: I didn't drink anything. Nothing. Post-2010, I said, I don't know anything about alcohol, so this will be my controlled descent into madness. I will drink (laughs) alcohol. So then, you know, of course, not wanting to be like, you know, a college kid and just start drinking whatever's available, I -hmm. wanted to know what tastes good. So for several years, all I did was taste different types of wine, beer, and uh, liquor trying to find what do I really like? Because I didn't like the taste of beer. I didn't like the taste of alcohol. Wine didn't appeal to me. But I was like, let me learn. So I went to wine tastings, beer tastings. I went to whiskey tastings. I did all of these things so I could learn what Mm -hmm. good tasty alcohol really was. And I learned over those several years to appreciate beer more than any other type of alcoholic beverage. And not only beer, But a specific type, small batch, Mm -hmm. microbrewery, handcrafted, uh, very, very much uh, boutique, right? Mm -hmm. Dark beers. I love Mm. everything from a Belgian ale quadruple or triple uh, to, uh, you know, Russian imperial stouts with the, you know, heavy milk imperial stouts. This really rich beer that's just like, you know, it's like a meal unto itself. I really got into those. I like them. I I I typically only have one because I taste them. And Mm -hmm. my favorite, favorite of all beer, it Mm -hmm. took me years to find this out, but my favorite of all beer is is actually the bourbon barrel age stout.
0: You know, that's a tongue twister. Bourbon barrel age stout. Okay. I'm trying to
1: tell you that. I don't know what it is about that beer, but that beer specifically it's my soft spot. I will buy that beer. And I, like I said, I only have one at a time because it's right. usually like fourteen or fifteen percent alcohol.
0: And, wow.
1: And so you just you eat it you drink it with a meal. Okay. Um and and you know, you pair it usually with something really rich or something really tasty. So it goes good with like a steak, uh good fried fish, like a good fish and chips with a heavy beer like that. Um uh, mm-hmm. believe it or not, it's good with pizza. But it's not a delicate kind of meal. You're not going to eat that with like a a broiled fish. That's not your beer.
0: Ah, I, 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 ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how, I don't really. Me and I talk about a lot of stuff. And I think because we're well, I can't say this about him now, but historically, until 2010, neither of us were really drinkers. I don't think we talk much about alcohol. Um, you know, because no. I know like basically I like tequila and our older brother Karim, he likes um uh, what's that stuff called that I have in my house because he hasn't been here in a little bit? Um, Hennessy. Hennessy, is that right? Is that what it is?
1: That's it. Oh, shoot. He likes Hennessy that
0: expensive like that's it. So I don't really think about it and I'm like sitting here, y'all, in awe, like you know when Emil wants to try alcohol, he does it the Emil way. He does the research. Kudos to yes. you, Emil. Kudos yes. to you because you know you 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 just make a, a, a an art, an exploratory adventure out of everything you do. Absolutely. I still don't like beer at all, but I like the fact that you have found what you like. <laughs>
1: and, and and here, so it's the, the yes. funny thing is, yeah. Yarn ago, right? Yarn yes. and ago. I was uh I was learning about the Air Force when I was at the academy and I yep. got a chance to travel with an air crew to Germany. So I'm I'm in a, a now retired aircraft called the C 141, big airlifter, really fast, super cool. And they take me to this place in Germany and Frankfurt called the Sachsenhausen. So okay. the
0: Sachsenhausen, Sachsenhausen
1: is like the hub of all food activity in Frankfurt. I mean this Sounds place like is it. just everything from African to Asian to European, every variety, you name it. It's in the and It's wonderful food. And these aircrew, if you don't know anything about Air Force aircrews and Navy aircrews and Army aircrews, <clears throat> they drink and they enjoy their okay. beverages. So I go there and I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't drink beer. I don't like beer. They're like, oh, we know a beer for you. And they introduce me to a beer that I do not drink today but it was so good at the time because it was paired with sausage and uh, sausage and sauerkraut, uh, right? Brats and, brats and sauerkraut. Yes. And that was a Hefeweizen. And so I go Oh, back.
0: Hefeweizen. I, yes. Yes. I know exactly I what go, that is. Yes. I go,
1: yep. I go back to that as well, like, cause I remembered yep. it from when I said, okay, I tried yep. that once when I was a cadet, let me see what yep. happens. I was like, this is not my beer. And that was one of the reasons why I started tasting beer. Cause I was like, ah. Cause I had remembered that Hefeweizen and I thought it was going to be so good when I tried it again and it wasn't. And then I'm like, Well, what do I do? And then I was like, Oh, I'm just gonna start tasting all the beers
0: and mm. wines
1: to find out. Cause I, you know, you watch people, they're all sophisticated and hoity-toity and they, they drink sure wine. Are. And they're like, Oh, I, that's a 2014 yeah. from Columbia Valley. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, really? What does that mean?
0: <laughs> and they know what it means, though. Too, they're like, it means that blah 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 blah. And they do that with beer too. And I'm just looking at people like, what? I'm no, like, I
1: will say because this: because it rained this much that year, and it didn't rain exactly. this much that year. Yes, the grapes are sweeter, not as sweet; dryer, not as dry. And I'm like, yes. okay. And so, like, we we're from we're from a place where there's actually really good wine, and beer, and beer. yes the, 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 all those little we, crack like, breweries. Yeah, like Willamette Valley, Columbia Valley. Their their wines and then a lot of beers from the Rogue River and the Columbia River water is some of the best on the planet. And I'm like, really? And and that was part of my learning, was growing into all those different flavors that our little state produces.
0: You know... I'm not like that at all about alcohol, but I'm like that about cheese. And I'm always, Ooh. I go to Whole Foods. I live near Whole Foods and there's the 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 you know the huge cheese place and the, the man that cuts the cheese and everything. And he and I always talking, cause I go to this little basket where they have a little remnants that are like on sale or like $30 cheese. You know, it's just this little teeny piece for $3. And I always have a conversation with the cheese man. Cause I am like that with cheese. I can tell you if it's organic, what kind of cow is it? Goat, wow. is it soft, is it hard? Is it, you know, so. Speaking of varieties, when we come back from the break. We're going to talk about MLK Day because MLK was a big supporter of the Human Variety. Did you like that? That was a great great transition, y'all. We'll be I right back. I love that
1: segue. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Interlude
1: music by Lawrence V. White.
0: So those of you out there in the U.S. listening, today is officially a federal holiday uh, in honor of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And we like to talk about this day on this show. We've done an episode before when uh, it's fallen on that day. And um, just because he means so much to all of us and the three of us here at the show and, and our intern as well Uh, and we want to talk just not about him but also about what to do on this day and some other things Um, but I think even before I talk about the history of the day Emil you were talking about an interesting factoid about his name so
1: so this is this is some of the things that we really we not only need to know but help round out the human being right and this Mm -hmm. is something that I found when we have you know when we honor our different heroes from our history we often dehumanize them, put them, pedestalize them, put them someplace yes. beyond. And and I love finding out these little bits of their humanity that sort of bring them back into the realm of normal people because what they did, if they are normal human beings, we can do because we're normal. Yes. Humans, right? So these little factoids really change the flavor and they're no longer these, you know, idols. They're just people who jo- chose to make a decision and, and follow it through with their effort and expertise. And in mm-hmm. this case, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was born Michael King Jr.
0: Mike. I mean Michael, right. excuse me. <clears throat> yes. And so in
1: 1934, so King was born in 1929. In 1934, his father goes to Germany to, mm-hmm. um, to do some learning and some study and some travel. And he gets, some, he gets inspired by the Protestant Reformation. Mm. Kid you not. So inspired that he changes his own name. And that of his five-year-old son. So he's no longer Michael King Sr. He's my Martin Luther King Sr. And therefore his son is Martin Luther King Jr.
0: Ah. Simply
1: out of the inspiration of the moment. Wow.
0: Wow. So, oh, this is fascinating. So he just was so inspired himself. Like so. So I'm thinking about this because Dr. Martin Luther King inspires us but michael king senior was so inspired by the original martin luther that he changed his mm-hmm. family's name so you know what i'm saying like it, there's people who have been inspiring other people who then inspire us this is very interesting is all I'm trying to say is like. Absolutely. If, if, you so you this. Know? So imagine,
1: yeah. imagine that he, he is so convicted by the conviction mm-hmm. of Martin Luther, mm-hmm. who, you know, the 99 Theses and all the things that Martin Luther, Martin Luther did right. that transformed how people see their relationship with their God and with their, with their priest and their church. Like mm-hmm. all of these things were transformative. So he's like that conviction was so convicting. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm changing my name. That I need that kind of conviction in my life. So his conviction was to change his name, which then led to Martin Luther King Jr., Right, growing up in a household where that level of conviction is normal—can't
0: even imagine where it's normal. That's the thing where it's normalized, right? So it's right. not just—and this is when I say, "Oh, we just have this one day." I'm not throwing shade at the day; it's very important. But it's—but it was more in that household than just a special day. It was an everyday level of conviction, so much so that the father changed, you know, changed his son and himself's name. Right. Um, that's really powerful, and I think that knowing that gives us kind of like a core. Root to what propelled dr martin luther king jr to be the game changer that he was you know doing what he did was normal for him even though it was astonishing um standing up for the oppressed was probably something that was normalized in his household um you know and that's really powerful
1: see that's the 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 core component of someone like dr king and i love that we honor him and his work um and one of the things that i always say to people is please read an entire speech by him yeah. Because, because his speeches were, you know, half hour sometimes an hour long, mm-hmm. but more importantly, they covered so much more than what we are exposed to in the popular media. Of course. And part of the reason why that's important is because he calls back to his own humanity, his own conviction, the reason why he's giving these speeches and saying these things and organizing the way he is. You can hear those motivations in his entire speech. So mm-hmm. now you can go from his origin as a young man Mm-hmm. Where in his household, his father's convicted to change his name. You can read his speech and see that level of conviction, see the daily life that Martin Luther King is bringing into a sermon or a speech that allows him to touch the lives of others and begin to inspire them to change the world around them. That's the kind of thing that I think a lot of us, <clears throat> excuse me, miss. When we talk about him, because we don't read an entire speech. I mean, you can read whether it's uh, "I Have a Dream" from um, the March on Washington, Mm -hmm. or some of the other stuff, "Letter from a Birmingham Jail," or Mm -hmm. uh, some of his later work before he passed, before he was killed in 1967, 68, which was Mm -hmm. really, really different than what he did say in the 50s. But the whole, the whole body of work leads you to understand that this is a very human being. Human with lots of reasons for what motivated him to make change in the country he loved. And that is why I think the day is so powerful because you don't have to be singularly motivated by Dr. King. You don't have to be singularly motivated by quote unquote civil rights. You don't have to be singularly motivated by um, uh, what was once considered a black issue. It is now a human rights issue. It is now mm-hmm. considered a human issue. Like you don't have to be singularly motivated. You can have, just like he brought into his speeches, this expansive humanity that is that informs the decisions you make. You can be a little, what's the word I'm looking for? Controversial, you can be a little ironic you can be a little oxymoronic. You can be a little paradoxical because that's part of the human experience.
0: Excuse, so, so my brother just threw in a bunch of big words, which is in correlation with his big brain. And those words had a lot of X's in them, paradoxical, oxymoronic. And uh, that's because, yes, Martin Luther King also fought for the rights of those of us that are just weird because he wanted everyone to have a voice and to be special. And I want to shout out my brother for being the weird person that he is, because it takes one to know one. Um, so also, uh, <clears throat> but I want to just read a little, <laughs> two little quips about the day. So Martin Luther King Jr. Day, an annual federal holiday since 1986, right? Um, it celebrates the national civil rights leader who was instrumental in challenging um, a lot of different inequality systems, in particular the racial inequality system that delineated how millions of Americans lived their life, including our father who grew up in segregated Mississippi or spent his childhood in segregated Mississippi. And um, I think one thing that Coretta Scott King said, that was his wife, was really powerful and I wanted to It's just a short paragraph she said about this holiday because sometimes people say oh we have the day off or you know oh this is like Emil said a black holiday or a whole bunch of excuses to not do something and what she said was you know this holiday must be substantive as well as symbolic it must be more than a day of celebration let this holiday be a day of reflection a day of teaching nonviolent philosophy and strategy, a day of getting involved in nonviolent action for social and economic progress. And I wanna throw in my two cents about this nonviolent thing because words hurt too. So sometimes, I wanna be a little controversial, but sometimes people in their fight for justice, they throw out a lot of hate and mm. othering. And nonviolence is not just, oh, I didn't slap that person. I'm nonviolent. But then you went behind their back and called them a B or called them the N word or called them the H word or whatever you called them. That's violent. Words can be very violent and words can hurt people. So if you're going to celebrate nonviolence, you need to think about what comes out of your mouth as well as what you do with your hands and feet. Okay?
1: Mm. Say it, sis.
0: We'll be right back.
1: Interlude Music by Lawrence V. White.
0: We are back, and I'm going to make this pledge today in this podcast that I am going to not be violent with my words today. I know y'all should say we should be that way every day, but what I mean is. I am pledging today to not raise my voice, not scream at somebody, not not that I do all the time anyway. You, you get my point, y'all, but I'm saying, I'm just doing it day by day. Because I could say, okay, for this whole year, I'm never gonna be nonviolent with my voice. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna take it day by day. Isn't that something they do in, um, um, isn't Alcoholics Anonymous? I'm not that familiar with them, but don't they say something about like, just do it each is, day? It is take
1: each day at a time yes. and control what you can control and release what you cannot. And these are the things that um, there's a ton of overlap between a 12-step program and um, learning nonviolence. And this is something that a lot of people misunderstand about nonviolence. Nonviolence isn't simply not reacting. Right. It is coordinated activity, not using violence as a means of protest. And so when you choose to be nonviolent, you actually, and Dr. King um really studied Mahatma Gandhi to, to learn how to implement nonviolence as a strategy for social change. Mm-hmm. What he did that was so impressive was he trained his volunteers to understand the rigors of a nonviolent so- social protest. Because mm. if you look at the videos, they got spat on, they got the fire hoses. Mm-hmm. And if anybody's ever been hit by a fire hose or used a fire hose, you know that that is painful. And so you have to learn not only to endure pain that you're experiencing, but you have to not react when others are enduring pain and you want to go defend them because mm-hmm. part of the process of nonviolent social change is forcing others to recognize their inhumanity.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is and interesting. And they can't
1: see that if they're, if you're being inhumane back to them, even as right. a response to in, in defense of that violence.
0: You know, and, and, I'm not saying, you know, nonviolence is the only solution to everything. I get that. But I also think in this day of social media, because when you mentioned the fire hoses, it got me thinking that just seeing the video of the fire hose incident got people up, you know, in various places, um, white people who had no clue, right, to to spring into action. You know, part of that, I mean, affected even my own mother, a white woman. And um, I'm thinking about social media and that when someone doesn't respond and is, being attacked or whatever and, and the power of social media and that spreads that awakens something in others to have social change to make social action right versus sometimes you see those videos online which i try to avoid people sticking in my face i think they're really annoying but somebody picks a fight with somebody else and people are fighting on social media and it goes all over tiktok and you're just like they're both idiots um so it's interesting because sometimes by not Fighting back, it makes the aggressor even more. Uh, what am I trying to say? It makes the aggressor seem even more villainous, and hopefully, that person will see themselves and be like, "What the heck am I doing? Why did I lose my mind over someone charging me a dollar extra for a candy bar?"
1: So, what you're what you're what you're seeing is, yes. especially with the uh, in the case of social media, yeah. um, mobs typically degenerate into more savage behavior because of anonymity. So online, uh-huh. when you're not faced with the literal face of another human being, right. you tend to act more savage, sa- savagely or mm-hmm. tend to regress into more base behavior. So mm-hmm. what Dr. King was trying to do was take away that fear or that mob anonymity by saying, this is the face of a human being and you're being savage to another human being. So a mob of nonviolent people actually elevates. It goes mm. out of, instead of degenerating into savagery, it elevates a person into deeper humanity. Because wait a second, why isn't this person doing what I'm doing?
0: Mm-hmm. Is their,
1: their mob, their nonviolent mob, mm-hmm. is not doing what this mob over here is doing. Why is that? What, what's going on? And then it, it turns someone into a more rational thinking creature. There are oh, that- people like uh, Bill Bull Connors who were just going to be savage and that Mm -hmm. was all they were going to be. But Mm -hmm. there was a counterbalance, what you just described where people said, hold on, that's inhumane. These are children. These are people who are not doing anything to hurt anyone. They're Mm -hmm. simply asking for the same rights that everyone who should have them has. And Mm -hmm. now we have this conversation today where we can see the power of nonviolent social change. And to your point, there should be a contrast no one way works for anything. You don't have Mm -hmm. one way with your children. You don't have one way with your Mm -mm. dogs. You don't have one way with your teachers. You should not have one way with, you know, a society that may be oppressing you. But what Mm -hmm. you can do is say the best way to make social change is to not degenerate everyone into the savagery we are all capable of.
0: Yes. You said that very well, and I want to also um, sh- say we had mentioned before about Dr. King's humanity, and I want to point out something, just because we seem to be even more in this cancel culture thing. There are people who have said, well, Dr. King did this, and he did that. You know, why is he a hero? And I want to point out something, and um, actually was reading something from the Southern Poverty Law Center. They have a teaching tolerance site for educators, and- uh, one of the things they said is, you know, don't ignore concerns and make King out to be an infallible person. Because when you do this, you might mislead others to believe that human perfection is attainable. And that can cause feelings of low self-esteem in others, especially children, right? And mm. so when someone says, well, Dr. King did this, I've actually entered into conversation with people about it. okay, does that make anything else he did any less important, right? Um, and we need to recognize that maybe in Marvel movies. I don't know. Don't they always have fatal flaws? Actually, take that back. Um, Humans that we lift up and that, you know, we find to be heroes, even Gandhi had fallibilities. They made mistakes. They're not perfect. And we need to release this expectation that somebody has to be absolutely perfect in order for them to be a hero because then we have no heroes left. And then we're just praising perfection. And my gosh, what a stress that must be for our young people. Like You have to be perfect. See, and this is this
1: is what this is one of the things that I think Dr. King really helps us see as we go forward into the day of service and, and yeah. all the things that springboard from that kind of thinking. It is I'm not perfect and I don't need someone else to be perfect to accept their humanity. I don't need them Beautiful. to be perfect to be considered equal. I don't need them to be perfect to, to be considered part of the family or as a a fellow citizen, when we get out of that perfection as the standard mentality, Mm -hmm. Mm because I guarantee you, ain't none of us perfect. We've heard this, and I don't care what religion you're in, you've heard it from your religion. You Mm -hmm. and all of us ain't perfect. So now we can have this conversation about what is acceptable and how we treat each other and where we make mistakes, how we can show each other grace. And when someone does actually harm society through crime or through violence, that's unwarranted, That we have a way to deal with them from that position of, do we rehabilitate them? Do we set them aside forever? How do we treat them? And this is all part of what King was trying to bring to our nation was a concept that when you love and serve your fellow man, you will Mm -hmm. see them in all of their dimensions.
0: Wow. And what is that? When you said dimensions, I was thinking of you and Jamie in Star Star Trek, Star Wars. Anyway, <laughs> I'm like, isn't one of the movies have dimension in it? <laughs> Something that the, the space that, what is it? Y- I don't know. Yes, there's and, always okay. There's
2: always talk of dimensions and multiverses. <laughs> and, yes, it's, you know, it's not and it's not new and portals and, it's not and to wormholes. Yeah. Um, I want to <laughs> add one thing to what um to what <laughs> Emil was just saying. Yeah, about um King and compassion. And I yes. want to read a quote of his. Please I know do. it's very easy to read. They're all over the place. And we all know the famous quotes. But I really, I really like this one. Okay. Um, True compassion is more than flinging a coin to a beggar. It comes to see that an edifice which produces beggars needs restructuring. That's deep. Wow. That's deep. Looking at society as a whole. You know, yes. he has a very famous bootstrap comment, you know, about the, the bootless man. How, how, how are you going to do that to a person that has no boots? You know, but it's really about how we treat each other. It's really about the compassion you have and the patience that you have, knowing that humans are imperfect and still being able to accept them, you know, and still being able to do that. Because if you do that, then their next choice they get to make isn't a desperate one. Oh, man. Jamie, that snaps.
0: Um, that was beautiful and I, I just want to tell you that a perfectionist walks into a bar and he immediately claims that the bar isn't set high enough
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god
0: <laughs> so don't be like him be compassionate like Martin Luther King Jr goodbye y'all bye now if you enjoyed what you heard today on Alika Hope and Change, please head over to iTunes to rate the show and leave a review. It's really the best way for you to show your support for the show. And bonus, it costs you $0. Join the conversation on Instagram, share this episode with your friends on social media, or just tell others by word of mouth. Thank you and keep sharing hope and change.